Oh, wait. Y'all can continue to pray for me. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I'm breathing through a straw right now. So, uh, y'all just, uh, if I fall out, I got somebody that's going to come take over. Y'all don't, don't panic, all right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, we've been, we started the series um, called Who Am I? And, and I think that's one of the things is, is, I want you to understand is, one thing God's been speaking to me the most in, throughout the beginning of this year is that the only way we can be the people God's called us to be is we have to love God, right? And, and the scripture, the greatest two commandments said that we should love the Lord God with all our heart and soul and mind, and we should love our neighbor as ourself. And as I study that scripture, like, I, my ability to love you is contingent upon how much I love me. I can only love you as much as I love myself, and I can't love me until I get rid of the junk that's in me. And so many times we're just, just really just held down by the junk of our past, by the labels of our past, and it's held us down from being who God's called us to be, and we will never rise to the potential that God has for our life until we slay all that junk from our past. That's it, right? And, and it sounds easy. It sounds easy, but, it, but it's extremely difficult on your own. You know, uh, one, th- one of the things that I think we as a church, as the church, kind of jack up is, is salvation is so amazing, right? It's such a precious gift. And salvation is, is giving to us free because of what Jesus done on the cross. But see, when salvation, when we, we choose salvation, when we choose to follow Jesus... When the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we have that, that desire to follow after God, that is not the end. Salvation is the beginning. It's salvation when I choose to follow Jesus and then I begin to adjust my entire life after Christ. And so many people go to church every single Sunday resting on that one time when I said a prayer. And, 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 and a preacher said, repeat after me, and I did these things, and now I'm good because I did these things, but my life hasn't changed. True salvation is in a life transformation, amen? It's when I'm allowing God to change me. And so I want you to understand that salvation is a change of heart. It's a change of direction in your life, not just a prayer. Being in Christ is more than just going to heaven. Some of us like... I'm claiming it, I'm not, getting, I'm not going to hell, I'm, I'm going to heaven. Wrong motive. It's that I get to be with Jesus, right? It's, it's being, being in Christ means now I have the power to be transformed. See, so you can't change you until you allow Christ in you. And that, that's not, so many of us struggle, and so many of us in the Christian life, we are, man, we are just exhausted because I'm, I'm trying to be perfect. I'm, I'm trying to be what I know I should be, but what's in me is pushing me away from what I should be. Anybody, anybody can relate to that? I'm, I'm, I'm fighting hard. I'm fighting hard. I'm tired of fighting, and so I just fall to the temptation. I'm falling to those things. See, the power of, of salvation and the power of Christ inside of me, it gives me the power to be transformed because Christ is in me working through me. And see, and when I allow God to change me, it changes everything. It changes my whole life. It changes my relationships. It changes my personality. It changes my perception. It changes my love for, each, for somebody. It changes everything. 
Being in Christ, remaining in him, that is the most transformative verse in the whole entire Bible it, to my, for my life is James 15, 5. When I've got, I got saved, I started reading the book of John, and I got to that verse, and it wrecked me. Because I had realized that I had been a lost man going to church my entire life. Because I had never understood what it truly meant to follow Jesus. To truly follow Jesus, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. He's a vine, and I'm a branch. If I'm saved and I'm following Jesus, I'm plugged into the vine. Let me tell you, if you, if you know anything about a grapevine, you cannot unplug a vine and plug it back in. And so many people with a Christian walk think they can back away from God and come back in. If that's your walk with God, you don't have a walk with God because you can't clutch in and clutch out of God. It's either you saved or you're not. And so I want us to understand that this morning. That changed my life because it made me realize that I have to fight to stay plugged in. I have to fight. And you know what, what, what is, is easier? How, how my walk has been easier is the more I remain in Christ, the more I fight to stay in, 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 with God. Because everything around me is trying to pull me away. And I'm, 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 I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in this relationship with God. I'm remaining in him. And the more I remain in him, guess what happens? All that junk that I'm struggling with starts falling away. All the stuff that I never thought would change in my life begins to change effortlessly because it's he that is in me. Amen? The Bible says that he who is in me is greater than he is in the world. If I've got Jesus Christ in me, the Spirit of living God inside of me working through me, there is nothing that I cannot overcome in him. Amen? We fight with that. We fight with that. We fight with that. You know why we fight with that? Because we're trying to fix me. We're trying to fix us on our own. I got this. I can fix me. I'm going to explain something why you can't fix you in just a second. Who, who, all, who all brought their cell phone to church? I want you to get your cell phone out. I want you to click on the camera phone, get the camera option on it. I know you brought your phone. You didn't bring your phone? Look at you. You want to focus on God, I hear you. All right. Turn on selfie mode. Where it looks back at you. Come on. Come on. Now look at yourself. So you know what I noticed? Most of you, when you started looking at yourself, you started adjusting things. Some of you ladies was like, oh, that makeup smeared. That hair's out of place. And some of you men were just like, You know what's crazy? The reason we can't fix us is because we're too busy looking at our flaws. We're, we're constantly in selfie mode. We're looking at us. We're constantly looking at me. And I can't get past my flaws to get to Christ. I can't get past my flaws to rest in Christ because my flaws are blaring at me every day, and I can't get over them to, let, to rest in Jesus. 
walls are screaming at me. And the voice of God is so slow, so quiet. You can't fix you. I don't care how hard you try. It's only in when you rest in him because he sees past your flaws. And all of our flaws are, 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 are right here. All of our flaws are right in our face. We can't see the forest for the trees. So many of us, our whole entire life, is in, we're in selfie mode, man. We're looking at me. We're focused on my flaws. And, and, I, and, and I can't walk in my salvation because I can't get away from the past. I can't allow myself to move away from those things. Your potential to love other people is, is diminished, is, is squished, is squashed because you can't see past you. That's why so many marriages are kind of messed up because you can't love your spouse like Christ wants you to love your spouse because you are still hung up on the flaws of the past. I'm telling you, I know that. That's why it's so important that you have to know who you are in Christ if you're saved, if you're following Jesus. It's why it's so important. I need a volunteer. Who wants to volunteer? No volunteers. That's cool. I get to pick a volunteer, right? I need a woman. Come on, Vanna. Hold on. I need a mic, too. All right, now I'm fixing to sit down, and I want you to preach the rest of I'm playing. Hold this. All right, y'all all can go home <laughs> if I have to preach. Every time, I want you to look in this mirror. I want you to look in this mirror. Now, what do you see when you look in this mirror? I want you to name out what you see when you look in this mirror. Mm, I see rejections, fake acceptance, self-conscious. Hate, relationships, rage, time, lust, PTSD. So, so you look at this and all you see is your struggles, right? Right. So all you see is your struggles. That's all you see. Every time you get up, you look into this mirror. That's all you see. There's miscarriage. There's abortion. There's depression. There's being self-centered. There's all these different things on this. I want you to wipe that off for me. Come on, wipe it harder. Come on, you can't get that off. No. Now, as hard as you just did, you couldn't wipe that off. Y'all see, as hard as we try to wipe off our past, as hard as you try to fix you, it's still glaring at you. Grab that. Only until you apply the blood of Jesus to your life is in which all your past will be gone. Spray that. Probably. You have to apply the blood to your rejection. You have to apply the blood to the miscarriage that you've been carrying. 
to hurt. You have to apply the blood to the abuse. You have to apply the blood to your PTSD. You have to apply the blood to your addiction, to your infidelity. You have to apply the blood to your desire to not be real and be fake. You have to apply the blood to your, to your rage, to your mess, messed up time scales. You have to apply those things. But when you apply the blood, now try to fix it. Now wipe it away. When you apply the blood, look what happens. The things that were permanent, the things that seemed like you'd never come loose, the things that we thought you'd always be in bondage to, begins to be easily wiped away in the mirror. And you begin to see yourself clearly. You begin to see because you've applied the blood. You've applied the blood to your pain. You've applied the blood to your situation. You've applied the blood. That's good. You don't have to. That's good. Thank you, Vanna. You see, church, that's a great representation of us. We struggle to live this Christian life because we're trying to do it on ourselves. We're trying to do it on me. Who I am is not who Christ has told me to be. I am all these things. I am rejection. I am hate. I am anxiety. I am, I'm looking at, every time I look in the mirror, I'm looking at the abortion. I'm looking at the miscarriage that I'm still hurt by. I'm looking at the, my, my, my guilt from not spending time with God. I'm looking at all these things, and instead of resolution and being in who God's called me to be, I see all that stuff. Only way to be free from your past and to be able to see yourself for how God sees you is you have to be in Christ. You have to be in Christ. And I want you to understand, it's so hard. See, as I was reading this, God just kept saying, Peter, Peter. And I'm like, Lord, what what does that mean? Think about Peter. Peter was, in, in, in Matthew 16, Peter was standing there by Jesus. He had been living life with Jesus. He'd been doing life with Jesus. He'd been, Jesus had been around his whole entire life. And he says, what do men say, who do men say I am? And they said, well, some says you're this, and some says you're, 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 you're a prophet. Some says you're Isaiah that came back to life. Some says this. And he says, well, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Messiah. See, it was in that moment Peter claimed who Christ was to him. Who is Jesus to you? Because that will change how, you, you change, how those issues fall away, how you see yourself. Peter claimed that. Well, guess what happened? Peter was on fire for Jesus. He, he told Jesus that, I, look, I'll die before you die. I'll do, he was trying to do all these things in his own power. Jesus was coming to get attacked. What did he do? He tried to, to kill a man on his own, right? And he failed at it because he whacked his ear off instead of his head. But anyway, he, he was trying to, to do it on his own. And when he tried to do it on his own, what happened? The pressure of life, he caved to it. When somebody said, well, who do, don't you follow Christ? No, not me. He denied Jesus three times, but because why? He was doing it on his own. He, he, he was in failure. If you look back in John chapter 20, Jesus comes back, and he's, he's trying to reinstate Peter. And where, where was Peter? Peter, he went back to his old life. He was back, he was back fishing. He was back mending his nets. So many of us get so defeated by life because we're trying to live this Christian life on our own that it pushes us back to who we once were. And we go back because that was easy. That was familiar. 
But what did Jesus do? He loved Peter so much that he reinstated him. He came up to me and said, hey, do you love me? He said, you know I love you. He asked him three times. And he reinstated Peter back. Church, I'm telling you, you're not too far gone from the grace of God. I don't care what the past says about you. I don't care what failures you've had. I don't care what mistakes you've made. You're not too far from the grace of God. You can come back. My God is a God of second chances, amen? But see, you got to see yourself for who you really are. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 2 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What he's saying, he said, look, the way we, you're going to fight against those things that, that captivate you, that you look at and you feel like you're on hold, the only way you're going to go against those things is you've got to be in Christ. You've got to do it the way God's called you to do it, not the way you do it. You can't make it happen. A stronghold is a mindset. A stronghold is a way of thinking. The only way to break that mind of thinking, that way of thinking you're never good enough or, you're, or you'll never be good enough or nobody will like you, you'll never be lovable. All those ways, all those things, it will never change. Unless you get on your knees and you fight with the weapons that God's given you. Y'all with me? Amen? All right, now. Y'all know me. I'll be, I'll be, keep, I'll, I'll be preaching until 1 o'clock. God's way gets it done. And I'm telling you not from something that I read. I'm telling you something I know. Because I have, I, I got so caught up in trying to fix me, and I was trying to stop cussing. I was trying to stop being hateful. I was trying to quit fighting every time that, that somebody made me mad. I was trying to get a hold of my anger. I was trying to do all those things. And I would be so confused and so discouraged because every time I would try, the harder I tried, the more I failed. And the more I failed, and the more I was like, this is not going to work. This stuff with Jesus is not working. It's not working. You know why? Because Jesus wasn't working. I was trying to do the work. And Jesus ain't going to work when you're trying to work. You've got to rest in him and let him do the work in you. And the only way that happens is if you have to realize that he is the only one that's going to change you. When you have a mindset that's been living for you your whole entire life, you've got to rest in Christ. Our weapons that we fight against are given to us by God to renew our minds and to see that we exist, we exist differently from the world. The way that I handle problems as a follower of Jesus should be totally different than the way I handled problems before. Because I'm not fighting with my logic, I'm fighting with him. We've got to, we've got to change those things because if I am, if who I am, if I am in Christ, if I am a follower of Jesus, that means I'm doing things the way he's called me to do things, not the way that I want to do things. I'm no longer calling the shots. You know, and that's what scares me to death. Because Romans 1 says, 21 says, For all they, they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look 
like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. He says, these people who, who claim to be people who were following Christ, they changed up that. They, they began to pursue other things. They were trying to do it their own way. And by doing it their own way, their heart got hard. Their hearts were hardened. Their minds were stubborn. And they were led away from the goodness of God. Church, there's danger in us trying to fix us. There's danger. I remember when Sabrina and I first got married, there was a big old pile of trash behind our house. And I said, I, I'm a man, and I know how to do this. She was like, Jeremy, the wind's blowing. You don't need a light and a fire. I was like, whatever. I got this. She said, okay. I went out there. I got my gas jug, my five gallons of gas. I poured it on this pile that was about as big as this table. I want to get the job done, right? And I lit that baby. Wasn't, a, wasn't no wind. I lit it. I had this. I'm going to fix this problem. I turn around. I walk not too far, and the wind changed. I turn around, look, and the fire has gotten in the broomstage field behind our house. And it was taking off. And I'm running in a panic back to the house. And Sabrina says, I thought you said you had it. I said, I do. I got it. I got it. And it burned up about 30 acres before we got it contained. See, that's how it is in a lot of our lives. We got this. We're trying to fix this. And before you know it, life and disappointment and discouragement has taken, has burnt up so many bridges and so much time in your life that it's going to take a while to regain those things back. The whole time you said, I got this. And the whole time the Holy Spirit's like, I thought you had it. And he's standing there waiting, wanting to help. Church, I want you to understand that we think we can figure these things out. The, the, the reason that you can't see yourself for how God sees you, the reason your vision, your vision is blurred is because you're not remaining in him. And the way we remain in Christ is that we are students of his word. We get in God's word. I know it's hard for some people to get in God's word, but this is God's word. And if you get in God's word, it will transform you. That's how you remain in him. You get in his word and you allow his word to speak to you. You, you remain in him by having this relationship with God where you speak to God and you talk to God and you listen to him talk back. But you can't hear him talk back if he's not inside of you. You can't do it on your own. You have to be pursuing after him. That's why I, I, I harp on it all the time about how important it is for us to have this personal relationship with Jesus, not this Sunday morning thing that we have going on some days. You know how exhilarating it is to get up and hear God speak to you? I get up some mornings and I'm praying, I'm spending time with God, and he says something to me, and I've done text 20 people before I know it, and I'm like, these people think I'm an idiot. It is 5.45 in the morning, and these people are like, what you doing blowing my phone up? Because I'm so excited about what God just said. When you abide in Jesus, when you abide in him, when your life is in him, when you are in the vine, when you are remaining in him, you will produce fruit. So many people are confused and you're, you're discouraged because you're not growing. You're not growing because you're not abiding. You got to remain in him. You can't play hopscotch with Jesus. You can't jump in and jump out. You got to stay in. It's all in. Y'all with me? And, 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 and I, I'm just, the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I know what it's like to live the Christian life on your own. I know what it's like to try to be good enough, and you won't be good enough. 
I know what it's like. But when you rest in him, he changes things. He, he, he diminishes strongholds. He changes your mindset. He removes the things that's blocking you from being who God's called you to be. I know that because I've, I have, I've walked through it. I've lived in it. And some days it's fast and some days it's slow, but you have to remain in him. That's the only way. Ephesians 6 says this. It says that, let me find it. So it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. You see, God has given us weapons to fight against this with. He says, so you can take a stand against the enemy's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after all you've done to stand, stand firm then. He's like, look, I'm giving you all these things so you can stand firm against the attack on your mind. I'm giving you all these things so you can stand firm against your identity, your identity in Christ. When you are in Christ, when you are a follower of Jesus, what does he say? I came to set the captives free. He came to set you free, free from your past, free from your sin, free from you. He come to set you free. See, Jesus has opened the, the prison gates. He's opened the bars. He's opened them up. They're wide open, church. The gates are open. But what's so, what's so crazy is he has set us free, but we're still standing in the jail because we don't have the courage to step out. Because we're scared of what it's going to cost us. We're scared of what it's going to look like because I've been comfortable in prison my whole life. I've been comfortable getting fed three meals a day. I've been comfortable just hanging out. I've been comfortable right here. But to step out, that means I have to change. To step out means that things have to be different. And it's scary when you have to do it on your own. It's scary when you have to make it happen. But when you're in Christ and you surrender your life to Jesus, you don't have to make it happen. He makes it happen for you. When you're in him, when you're following him, when you're pursuing him. It's not hard when you're in him. But when you're on you, it's the most draining, ridiculous thing on the planet. Because he didn't design you to do it on your own. Who you are. It's a man or a woman that should be after God's own heart. Who you are is a man or a woman that God saw fit to redeem. You are a man or a woman in this room that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus so you could have the opportunity to have a relationship with him. That's who you are. When you struggle with self-worth, realize that you are a daughter of the king if you're in Jesus. We can't, we can't receive that. It seems so foreign to us until we realize, until we really get in Christ. I struggle with discouragement. I struggle with these things. I struggle hard with it. And God's brought me to a place finally to where when Satan starts attacking my mind, I'll be like, man, shut up. I'm a prince. I'm a son of the king. He paid the penalty of my sin. Shut your mouth. You don't have any authority over my life anymore. I don't, I don't have that addiction anymore. You're not going to bring me back to that website anymore. You know why? Because I'm a son of the king. I have been redeemed. I have been bought by the blood of the lamb. I have to remind myself of who I am in Jesus. And when I remind Satan who I am, you know what he does? He shuts up. 
Because how can you top being a prince? Some of you need to learn how to talk back to those voices in your head. He says, put on the full armor of God. He says, I stand in the belt of truth, buckled it around your waist. The reason is because you got to stand in the truth of God. Satan is going to feed you lies, but the only way to get over those lies is to stand in the truth of God. Amen? And you got to know the truth. you got to know the word in order to stand in the word. Right? You can't say, I'm going to buckle on this belt when you have no idea what that belt does. A belt don't work if it don't fit. You got to stand in the word. You got to know the word. Buckle it on. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. See, when you're, when you're, when you're in God, you can, be, you can make peace with people that are not, are not peaceable. You can make peace with people that you have a grudge against. You can make peace with people who are against your family. You can make peace with people who are in your face. Let me tell you, I had that happen this week. I had somebody come up at me and start cussing me out. You know what? I was fitting to deck that joker. Everything in Jeremy was ready to be like Chuck Norris. I'm like, be Chuck, be Chuck. Everything in me was like, I'm finna, I'm finna show this boy something. I might be a preacher, but preachers ain't weak. I'm covered by the blood. I'm finna give him some too. You know, I was right there. And as I was walking back out there, God just spoke to me. This ain't who you are, son. Is who you was. And that soft voice in the middle of all that hell going on in my head quickened me and it calmed me. And I was able to go make peace with the man that was against me. You can't do that if you're not in Christ. You're not doing that if you're not fighting with the weapons that God's given you. He says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith that when you can extinguish all the flaming arrows that the enemy is throwing at you. Guys, sometimes all hell is against you, and life is, is just falling down on you, and the, and, the, and the arrows from yesterday are still hitting you. The, the, the remembrance of the infidelity, the remembrance of the hurt, the remembrance of, of, the, of, the, of the pain, the remembrance of, of the letdown, the remembrance of the failure, the remembrance of, 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 of just what happened, the remembrance of the death, all those different things. God, Satan will throw those arrows at you all the time, trying to, to, to pierce your heart. But that's when you have to take the shield of faith. Faith is believing and not seeing the end. Y'all with me? You got to take that shield and put it up and say, look, I know all hell seems to come against me right, day, right now. And all these thoughts are hitting me of yesterday. But I got to put this up and have faith that my God's going to deliver me. And you need to get down on your knees and say, God, I'm putting up my faith. And I'm showing you right now, God, that I trust you. This seems hard right now. I want to quit right now. But, God, I'm putting this shield of faith up. And I know that your words is true. And I know, God, that you're going to protect me. You know what happens? All hell might be going loose, but it's not none of it's affecting you. Nothing's hitting you because you got the shield of faith. God's given you this. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation, and put on your head. Remember, I, rem- I got to remind myself of who I am. Satan's going to play those mind games. Any, any, of, y'all, any of y'all Satan be messing with your mind? 
Half y'all lying. That's the place he attacks me the most. I got to put that on and remind, uh-uh, not today. I'm a child of the king. I've been bought. I got to remind myself of my salvation of who I am. He says, and also the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You got to fight back with the word of God. You got to fight back. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest things that I struggled with early in my walk was lust. And one thing that God put on my heart one day was like, hey, in, in James, it says, resist the devil and he'll flee. Resist the devil and he'll flee. When those temptations would come, that scripture would come to my mind, resist the devil and he'll flee. Resist means I got to put up a fight against. I got to fight against it. Don't just succumb to it. Guess what I started doing? I started fighting against those temptations. And guess what? They gone, baby. Because I'm fighting against it because I had the word of God inside of me. Let me so many people, you, 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 you can't fight what you don't know. You can't fight with it. I'm a land surveyor. I cut bushes for a living. We cut lines. You know one of the most exhausting things to do? And we do this to people who, who are green that don't know nothing. Ask Mason when you see him. Just give them a brand new bush hook that hadn't been, hadn't been sharpened and send them out there to cut bushes. They'll beat bushes for a week and not go from here to that wall. Because you can't beat nothing with, a, with, a dull, with nothing dull. But you sharpen it and then like, oh my God, like new money. See, when you're doing it on your own and not using the word of God, you're just like beating those bushes with a baseball bat. But the, God, the word of God is sharp. And it will, it, will, it will just destroy anything the enemy is putting at you, but you got to know the word. You have to allow the word of God to sharpen your life, church. And we, we act like this is a chore. We act like this is a chore. Oh, God, I got to read the Bible? Oh, my God. I got to read the Bible? Are you serious? That what it means to follow? I got to read the Bible? I mean, to be a follower of Jesus? Are you serious? I got, I mean, come, Ben, I got, do I really got to read the Bible, Ben? I mean, my God, why? I mean, this thing, why? We act like a bunch of little teenagers. If I told you, take this pill... Take this pill, and you're in so much pain. Take this pill, and you're going to get out. You're going to take the pill. This is the only thing that's going to save your life. This is the only thing that's going to change your attitude. This is the only thing that's going to change your situation. And you can, you can keep on fighting it. You can keep doing what you're doing. And you're going to keep being exhausted. You're going to keep on being the way you are. You're going to keep, having, you're going to keep taking this thing. Yes, sir. Break it, baby. You're going to take this thing. It wasn't mine anyway. And, and, and you're going to try to keep raking it and rubbing it and trying to break it. And you're going to still see the same things. And your life is going to be broken just like this mirror. Got to roll with it, baby. And, but until you apply the blood, until you are intentional with remaining in Christ, it's only when all the stuff's going to wipe free. Why do we fight it? 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 See, there's power in the name of Jesus, church. Who you are is who Christ has called you to be. You won't grow past where you are. You won't, there's so many, that's why you see people in churches that have, they claim salvation and they're, say, they're the same miserable, wretched soul they were 20 years ago when they got dumped. 
because they haven't rested in Jesus. They haven't remained in him. That's why the people outside of the church doors call Christians hypocrites because they're one way one day and another day the next because they're not, you haven't learned to remain in him. And until we re- learn to remain in him, until I realize that I am who he says I am, I'll continue to, to try to make this thing work on my own. Who am I? Who are you? Who are you? Are you, a, are you someone that is being transformed by the gospel? Or are, you some, or are you someone that just sits and listens to a man preach and go home? Are you allowing the gospel to change you? See, it all starts when we surrender, church. Romans 8, verse 1, it says, There is no condemnation found in those in Christ Jesus. See, when I am in Jesus, the condemnation of the past goes away. When I am in Jesus, the voices of yesterday go away. They can't stand there because Jesus is there. We are looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese today. But so many of us are defeated by our past because we're not in Christ. So many of us are just, are just going through the motions because we're not in Christ. And the only way to be in Christ is to humble ourselves to Christ and to allow our lives to be covered by his blood. You have to submit your life to Jesus. This thing is so simple. We complicate it. It's surrender your life to Jesus, commit your life to following him, and pursue the relationship with him. And as you pursue this relationship, he will change you. He will transform you. So many people are like, well, if I, if I, how am I going to change from being this way? Or what, what, what about if, if, I do, if I do get saved, do give myself my life to God, then then. What are they going to think about me? Because, you know, we live in a small town. Everybody knows my junk. Come on. Church, I'm telling you, it's so simple. It begins with surrender, true surrender of our heart. And we're going to give our lives over to God. And I know so many of us are struggling with that. I know this when I preach a sermon and it's like, well, that sounds easy to you, Jeremy, but you don't know where I've been. You don't know the struggles I've struggled. You don't know the things that I've been going through. You don't know all these issues. And I don't know your, potential, your specific struggle. I don't know what God, what's been happening to your life. I don't know the hurt that's in your heart. I don't know the agony that you carry around. I don't know that when you look in the mirror of the disgust you have. I don't know those things. But I do know that those things can be wiped away clean if you will remain in Christ. I do know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will redeem you and bring you to a place of peace. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will change your situation, your circumstances. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my God is a God that redeems. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my God is a God that sets the captives free. And if you are in bondage, it's because you remain there. And the only way to get out is you got to get in Him. The only way you're going to change unless you get in Jesus. You can't come to church and sit in a pew and expect to be changed and transformed. You got to get on your knees with God alone and say, God, change me and pursue after a holy God. Church, I'm telling you, I am sick and tired of religion. It makes me angry because I was captivated by it my entire life. Going to the bars, going drinking, going partying, going just doing all these things that I shouldn't even be doing. Going to church on Sunday thinking I was right with God because I said a prayer one time and all that's junk. And it's a lie. I was, man, I was so mad. I would get mad in a minute if I thought somebody thought bad of me about something. 
I was so consumed with my, what people thought of me, the way I would change who I was according to who I was around. I was so fake. I was so empty. I was trying to be this to all these people so I could have acceptance because I didn't feel accepted. I was trying to, 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 to be liked by everybody. It was exhausting. That's why I started drinking so much because nobody wanted anybody to didn't drink. So I started drinking and didn't like drinking. And then I started drinking so much to where I couldn't stop drinking. And then I, then I started drinking so much to where drinking was the only thing I had. I was trying to do it on my own. The whole time I thought I was right because I was on church on Sunday. The whole time I thought I was right because I was comparing myself to my, the man sitting beside me that was just as lost as the ball in high weeds. He thought he was right too because he'd been going to church his whole entire life. Church, there's no freedom in that. My God didn't die on the cross for us to stay in our sin. He died to redeem us and set us free. He died so you would have a life and have a life more abundantly. He died so that you would walk and be transformed by the gospel. That's the good news. The good news is not just heaven. The good news is he wants to change your life. Woo, I'm telling you, this excites me. Can you tell by the veins in my neck poking out? Guys, I'm telling you. Who you are is not what your past has called it out to be. You are not worthless. You are not damaged goods. The divorce don't define who you are. The addiction doesn't. The hurt doesn't. None of that. I don't care what the meanest person on the planet said about you. None of that stuff is real. Nothing that the world has tried to label you as is real. If you are in Christ, he will change all that. So many of us struggle with anxiety. I do. You know why I struggle with anxiety? Because I worry about what everybody else thinks. But when I start focusing on God, guess what happens? That anxiety's got to go. And if I remain in Him, those things leave. Those things flee. I struggled with depression for a while. You know why? Because I was letting the weight of the world come on me and it had me in a dark place. But when I get in Him, when I remain in Him, when I don't let the outside voices be louder than the inside voice, I'm set free from the bondage. You know why? Because I'm remaining in Him. Church, I'm telling you, God doesn't want a bunch of droopy Christians that's walking around acting like the world is falling down. He wants people that's claiming victory in the name of Jesus because they see Him set them free every day. If this don't jack you up, then something's wrong with your heart. Because there's hope, church. There's so many people in this room right now I know, I know. Because I've been you, you've got this poker face on, I got it together, but the reality is you don't know who you are. You've been your whole life trying to be what everybody else thinks you should be, but you really don't know who you are. And that first thing starts with surrendering your life, truly giving your life to Jesus. Have you truly submitted and gave your life to God? If your whole Christian walk has been characterized by falling in and out of love with Jesus, you have never been truly saved. Being truly saved means I step into salvation, I step into this commitment, and I walk in it. That don't mean you don't fall down. That don't mean that stuff don't happen. That don't mean that you get don't get discouraged. But that means it's a constant pushing on, a constant perseverance. Paul says that those who, pers who keep on to the end shall be saved. So if you don't know Jesus, if you've never really truly surrendered your life to Jesus, then today's the day. Give your life to him right now. Surrender your heart to him. I don't want you to pray some, some prayer. I want you to truly commit your life to God.
If that's you today, you say, that's me. I will surrender my heart and my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand so our prayer team can pray with you. That's all I want you to do. Amen. 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 opportunity because your heart's about to beat out your chest and I can walk to you and lay my hands on you but that would not change you have to want to surrender to God if God is prompting your heart to really surrender don't wait please don't wait do it today bless you just be bold and say that's me I'm scared to death but that's me I want to give you my life if that's you just do it of us and salvation is amazing I am so jacked up for the two people that just chose to walk in the ways of the righteous I'm so excited for that but let me tell you something what about you guys what about you what in the world is holding you back what's going on What's the stuff in your mind that I have been preaching? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt while I've been preaching that there's been things from the past, people from the past, things, just, just situations, circumstances that have been coming to your mind. What's the, what's, what's the things that keep you up at night? What are the things that keep you anxious? What are the things that keep you from taking that step of faith? What are those things? Today is the day to let it go. I don't just do this to preach and say, oh, look what Jeremy did. Look, I want to see the captive set free. So whatever is holding you back, by God, please, in the name of Jesus, surrender to me. Let's do this. Guys, I have to give my things to God every day. I'm not above you. I'm in the trenches with you. I know what it's like, and it's scary to call it what it is because then you have to actually act on it. But let me tell you, if you will remain in him, he will change you. My God, He will change you. He will give you peace you've never had. He will give you the things you've never had before. But it's on you to want it. So what? Let's do that. Let's do that today. I am the vine. And you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you can bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. What is keeping you, church, member, visitor? What's keeping you from being transformed? What's keeping you from being all in, 100% for God? What is the baggage that you need to drop off today and never turn back and pick it back up? I prayed today as I was sitting at this altar this morning that this altar would be filled with tears of men and women who were not just sorry for their sin, but men and women that were repentant of their sin. That men and women who 
wasn't just convicted by a message, but men and women that were willing to repent. You know what repentance is? That means I'm making a decision. I'm making a decision not to do this again. I'm making a decision not to live this way again. I'm making a decision to turn from this. And you know when I make that decision, I'm making plans that I'm not going back. I'm making adjustments so I don't, that's what repentance is. It's turning, I got to turn, but it takes action to turn, and I got to make sure that I'm putting plans in place that I'm not going back. Maybe today's the day that you do that, that you take come and say, God, I've been struggling with X, Y, and Z, and God, I'm giving this to you today, and I'm not bringing it to you again. I'm giving you to this, and I'm repenting from it. And give me the strength, give me the courage to turn away from it and not come back to this, not allow this thing to define me anymore. Maybe today's the day that you come and say, God, help me be a man that remains in you. Help me be a woman that remains in you. Church, God wants a people that remain in him so that he can set the world on fire. But we have to remain in him. stand with me please God Lord I confess I Lord through all this the hell this week God all the let down and disappointment God you're still faithful I just pray, God, that, that, the, that the heart that is inside of me, Lord, that you've given me, God, that, that, God, that, that God can fade right, Lord. Well, I just pray, God, for, for true surrender in our hearts, Lord. God, there's so many, even my, myself included, God, Lord, I got, God, I got so many boxes, so many doors that I just keep shut because I'm so scared, Lord, to open it up reveal who I really am. God, I pray for every person in this room, God, that we're all that way, God. There's pr our pride in our lives that are holding us back from knowing you. God, we really don't know who we are in you because we're still hung up on ourselves. God, help us today be your church. God, help us today be clean. God, help us today, Lord. Change us today, Father, I beg you. Lord, set us free. Give us the courage to step out of the jail, step out of the prison we've been living in. Give us the courage, Lord, to walk out of those things, God. You were so mighty and great and powerful, Lord. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, change us. Don't, Lord, don't let us remain the same. Don't let us, God, stay the same. God, change us, Lord, please. It's in your name I pray these things. It's in your name I ask these things. God, you says anything we ask your name shall be done so God let it be in your name we say